Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to, to Get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 63 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto episode 74 through 76 where Gara transforms. Yeah, like, wait, is he transforming into a different level of Gara? Hold on, really quick. What if there is, like, a, a, a kind of animal that's out in the world that transforms from just, like, its younger self into, like, a weird monster version of its older self? Um, like and, a caterpillar into a butterfly. Yeah, but, like, what if normal animals did that as well? Where it's just, like, you have a kitten, and then it turns into a cat, and then from that cat it becomes, like, a weird orangutan-cat hybrid? <laughs> I don't know, I have a cat, and she's pretty weird already. Let's do it with science, you guys. Let's do it with science. Anyways, let's jump in. Wow, yet another scientific opening where people (laughs) learn things. Who knew this was such an educational podcast? We're scientific as fuck over here, you guys. (laughs) Anyways, so, all right. I like. Uh, I keep thinking about like. This is so stupid and so specific to me, but I really get excited about like how the episodes that we're covering numerically relate to the episode that we're recording. And I, we're like ten episodes ahead of ourselves, and some change versus episode sixty-three of our show. We're in the mid seventies of Naruto. I love that stuff. Yeah. I'm such it's a It's great. It's it's great that you've stepped away in order to make us all aware about this thing that nobody else cares about. Numbers are fun. <laughs> I like that in the pre-show notes you just put tenets. <laughs> well, I mean we've talked about it on here, but we haven't talked about it recently. So if anybody's new and hasn't listened to our back issues, they're not going to know necessarily what it is. And obviously we have some news that we should share with them, so uh, I figured we would we would share that before we get gone in anime world. Yeah, so um, we did uh, uh, two seasons of a web series a a couple of years back um, that we are very proud of, um, and it's on it's part of the whole overarching production company that we have been working on for a while uh, called Forever Server Productions. Um, Tenants is uh, the name of the web series, and we just did a re-release of the first episode ever that we made back in like 2014 when we made the episode. It yeah, seems it was like shot. It was like written in like 2011, and then mm-hmm. updated somewhat, and then uh, shot in this in like June and July of 2014. And I think it came out that November, I believe. Um, and that is for the original pilot. This new pilot, it's not just a re-release, it's a re-cut. So it's, it is sometimes replacing the footage that you see in the original pilot with uh, alternative takes. A couple of things were edited out or re-added from having been cut. So, I mean, if you've seen the pilot, it's going to be very familiar, but there are probably going to be jokes that work better or at least differently than when you watched it last and uh there's a good chance that even if you have seen the pilot you haven't seen it in a while since it came out in 2014 and mm-hmm. i think season two came out in 16 right so it's even been a while since tenants had anything new at all um so this yeah. is not new content in a completely across the board way but it is a new uh edit of the original pilot yeah and also i uh I have spent a lot more time learning how editing works and also um, learning about things like color correction and color grading and also how you can normalize sound and also getting my like um, cutting skills tighter and tighter. Um, so it, it looks much better in comparison from the original edit cut. Um, you could take a look at it and play it alongside the original, and you'll see it. It's pretty apparent, pretty yeah. Pretty quick, <laughs> I am. I'm definitely a nerd in that way too, where I would like to see how things change as processes like advance, or how things get adapted from book to screen, or whatever. And and I think this definitely falls into that, where you can look and see like 
what was it that we had released four years ago versus now and how number one, this editing was done by Spencer. Um, and we did a couple of sessions where he would send it out my way and I would provide some notes and then he would implement those or not at his discretion. And then in the first round, it was Spencer and I providing notes to a, a different person who was doing the editing. Cause this was before Spencer got editing software and skills. So this is a new take. <laughs> and since Spencer and I are, both the creators and writers and stuff for the show. I like the idea that, that we're much more directly involved in the editing and that it's being taken care of by you because it's our vision. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't watched tenants, now's a good time to get on it. Um, and speaking of the pilot the, you know, again, there's, there are the pilots part of season one, but it was shot separately. Um, it came out about a year before the rest of the series. And then mm -hmm. season two came out a year later. That's all we've got. Um, who knows if there will ever be more. <laughs> but <laughs> all basically guaranteed never to be another season. But, uh, you know, there might be some finale episode of Spencer and I can ever finagle it now that neither of us lives in Chicago or in the same city. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and of course the rest of the cast with the exception of Caitlin lives in yeah. Chicago still. So, uh, you know, who knows if it's ever going to come to fruition or if we're <laughs> ever going to resolve that cliffhanger. But, uh, if you haven't watched tenants, now's a good time, but if you don't get around to it right away, or if you watch the pilot and then continue with season one and feel that there's a difference, that's because season one was also edited by someone else. And is also getting a recut. And that's going to be coming down the pipe in the future. Yep. So be prepared if you're interested in things that are not just anime. That you can watch other things that we've created. Yeah. Um, if with you think that we're being funny, said, you might think this is funny too. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, uh, we're going to uh, jump in in just a moment. But I kind of wanted to touch on uh, a couple of other things that are happening inside of like the anime universe. Um, one of which, um, is I, I have seen, I've seen a, a couple of rumblings about other reboot, reboots, um, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about the other thing that's happening, um, not just with reboots, but also with the licensing fucking shit show that is happening right now between Amazon, Hulu, and Netflix. It's it's getting real, real crazy, guys. Um, so if you don't know about a little show that we've talked about a couple of times called My Hero Academia, um, oh, it has so become good. a fucking worldwide sensation um, in in so much as so that it, it has not been seen since the original like Dragon Ball Z and the original Naruto came out, which is fitting that yeah. we're talking about Naruto today. You could so, say, I mean, Naruto was part of the big three, so you could say that Bleach rivaled it in popularity and One Piece rivaled it and continues to be wildly successful um, mm -hmm. as a still ongoing series. But yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it is very rare that an anime hits this big. Even if you remember like the boom of Attack on Titan a couple of years ago, where like even people that don't watch anime were talking about it, and it was like all everybody was talking about for like two months. It, mm -hmm. it has nothing on My Hero Academia. Yeah. So what is happening inside of the United States right now um, with licensing on these uh, these uh, different animes is that they are in a kind of arms war to get all of the different anime that they possibly can. Um, and the reasoning why is because whenever a anime gets really popular, all of a sudden they're just like, oh my God, there's this uh, kind of media out there that nobody's ever heard of. Why has nobody ever picked up on that? Whereas like yeah, all the maybe, other anime I mean, fans are no like, we've known about it either. <laughs> yeah. Like we've known for a long time, you assholes. It's just yeah. that you haven't been paying attention to it. That's, the problem is on you, not on us. Um, but anyways... Um, the, I would say Netflix does a decent job of making their own... I mean, they Devilman Crybaby, definitely not for everybody, but is considered to be pretty good by people who can sit through it. And yeah. Which is not to say that it's bad or has a slow start. It's just kind of fucked up. So it's not for everybody. And yeah. they've got a couple other shows. Knights of Sidonia is pretty good. Um, they've done a lot of good anime. They've you know licensed Seven Deadly Sins. I think they're putting in more visible work than Hulu. 
But that's also because Netflix is getting more involved in like the becoming the distribution rights for the American release or being the originator originator of yeah. it in the first place. Yeah, and the one that is really, really like slowly limping to the starting line is Amazon, who it I <laughs> I feel like I feel like they're interested in the slightest bit, um, but I was just reading about uh, Amazon starting to make a push for different anime licensing rights. Um, they should. The they're first... the worst of the three streaming platforms. Like yeah. I don't know about and... HBO. That's kind of its own thing. But like the when I think of the big three for streaming, it's Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon. And Amazon's the worst. Like it's the UI is kind of a mess in the first place, but also like they don't have a good catalog and it cycles all the time sort of arbitrarily. Whereas Mm -hmm. like with Netflix and Hulu, it's a little more established and they are working on like original stuff. Amazon's finally, I mean, I guess they've been doing that for a while and they have accolades for that. What they're doing really well is their films, like the big sick or Manchester by the sea. But well, also the, one of the best shows I've watched in a long time, which is completely off topic, but the, no, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, I haven't um, watched that yet, but Jack Ryan's great. Uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is amazing. Um, it is a very, very good show, uh, acted by a uh, you know, wonderful cast uh, that happens to include, um, you know, one of your favorite uh, one of your favorite characters that you can do the voice of, Blake from Mad TV. Uh, fucking Alex Vladstein is like oh, in the show. Alex Bornstein. <laughs> No was way. That? Alex Bornstein. She's, uh, Bornstein. she's the voice of, yeah. Of Mrs. Swan. <laughs> and uh, if you're not familiar with Mad TV or Mrs. Swan, then she's also the voice of... Uh, Lois. Yeah, from Family Guy. Yeah. But anyways, the other, the other thing that I wanted to go over, other than they're pushing into it, and this has caused a lot of shows to get... Um, uh, a lot of hype about being re uh, relaunched or redone. The the not super important ones that you'll see people talk about is like uh, new Fate Stay Nights, which they're you know they've been doing, but like rebooting the whole thing. Um, Doraemon, uh, Oshi, uh, I think it's Oshi Tutora. I'm not interested in that show at all, by the way. Um, Yatterman Night, and then the big ones that people are talking about is uh, Full, Mal- Full, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood uh, getting more episodes. Um, uh, Yakukora Quartet, um, which I had never heard of before, but it looks really interesting. Um, and then the last one, which is the one that interests me the most because we are actively watching it, is Hunter x Hunter. The, the writer of the original manga, he says that he wants to finish it. Um, so well, He's been releasing um, new chapters. I mean, if you go... Yes. I, I go on the Hunter x Hunter subreddit at least once a month to post our episodes, and there's always chapter discussions for new stuff on there. He's not in yeah. hiatus right now, it seems. But but what he said that he wanted to do was completely finish the manga and the anime, um, and that is very interesting to me. Um, and I, I just I just wanted to throw this out there. Other than I, I, I had want to watch. That's cool. uh, Yozakura Quartet. I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> what is it? I've, I've never heard of it. I, so I had, I had heard about it. It's like a it's like an anime that was uh, originally done. I, I think it was uh, put out in two thousand and eight, um, and it's about four teenagers. Um, they all have their own abilities, um, and they're um, around a counseling office. <laughs> so it's like. Slice of life mixed with weird abilities, um, and uh, it's it's got like some sort of like spirit thing inside of it. Um, it looks like it's been it, it the way that uh, Wikipedia has it coming out is two thousand and six through the present, um, okay. but I don't know if that's for the manga or for the anime. That's probably um, the manga. Yeah. So um, it looks like the it was originally aired in two thousand and eight. Um, and then it kind of fell off the map in 2013. It got like an OVA. Um, and then it says that they, they would, uh, they're looking at, uh, bringing it back either with a reboot or with, uh, just a continuation from the original series, um, in okay. 2019, which is really exciting to me because I, I never heard of it. And now I'm super interested. Uh, we'll have to, we'll have to talk offline about, uh, 
replacement shows and how we're going to do that. Cause we've done that before. And I'm wondering if we can find a different like technique for it and maybe put forth like our like our choices and then have people vote on like those choices or an alternative. Yeah. And we also so, have old we'll, votes from previous voting. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll obviously keep those in mind. And, um, but I think it would be fun to put four things. Cause like, I'm really itching to watch soul eater again. And, mm-hmm. um, and we've got that coming up in like two months. We're going to need a replacement show when dimension W is gone. So that's, not that close, but it's not that far. Um, oh, yeah. and speaking of things coming up in the future, in two weeks from when this episode drops, we're going to be at KumoriCon, both of us physically in person. So if you are going to KumoriCon, reach out to us on social media. Maybe we can meet up and say hi. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's it. Cool. Um, so with it. that being said, uh, we are going to go ahead and jump in with these episodes of Naruto for this week. Um, and, uh, previously on, uh, the, I want to do these previously on, uh, I have a, I have a slight on air bone to pick about going over these Naruto. <laughs> a lot of the times inside of Naruto, because they're breaking up these different stories into different sections, the previously on that you listened to last time is probably going to go over all the stuff that you need previously on for this episode. Yeah, um, I just want to do it so that if anybody's starting with this episode, they're going to know where we are, especially if yeah. they've never watched or read Naruto, then they'll know kind of what's going on. And the biggest reason I wanted to bring it up today is because it, on the top of my brain, because I just watched the episodes yesterday, there uh-huh. is a there is a cut to what is happening uh, inside of like, what was the A storyline in the last time that we went over it, which was the yeah. uh, the the fight um, between the the Hokage and Orochimaru? They literally cut to it, and they spent like five minutes just watching them, like not doing anything and looking intense. And they're like, anyways, <laughs> yeah, I actually have memories of watching this as a kid on um, Toonami and being like, oh my god when is something going to happen? Because they keep cutting back to this plot line. And it's basically just a reminder that this has happened and not resolved. And that we'll get to it later. And they kind of drag it out a little bit. I mean, it's not like, it's not excessive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I, I, I feel bad because I actually meant to color code the notes this time so that we could go over different plot lines by plot instead of by episode just because the main plot takes place but the uh, like i don't want to cut away to the subplots i just want to get them out of the way so that we can talk about the main plot um so we could just do that real quick um once we've done the previously on that'll be easy and the the first one we'll cover is this one where really nothing happens yes literally nothing happens Naruto is about a world of ninjas. They are fantasy ninjas, anime ninjas, because they have what's called jutsu, where which allows them to do crazy magical powers like shoot fire or, you know, cause great illusions or whatever. Um, so our main ninja heroes are living in a place called the Leaf Village or the vid- village hidden in the leaves. You may also hear us refer to it as Konoha or Konoha Gakure. Those are all the same name for the same place. And this place has now been attacked. It is currently under siege by an expatriated citizen and his <laughs> An cabal. expatriated citizen. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what Orochimaru is. So our main <laughs> character is Naruto. He is currently with his teammate Sakura and a dog named Pakun, who's a ninja dog, so it's sentient and can talk and uses its skills to track people. They are currently tracking Naruto and Sakura's other teammate, Sasuke. Their mission is to find Sasuke and bring him back to the village unharmed and to not get into any scrapes along the way. They already have kind of gotten into a scrape. They used to be traveling with another person. That person was left behind to deal with some pursuers and now they're rushing to complete their mission safely. Um, meanwhile, Sasuke is pursuing these two people, Temari and Gara. 
Tamari is not going to be super important. She's basically just on a team with Gara and trying to protect him while he is recovering from his fight with Sasuke earlier, um, which is why Sasuke is pursuing him. Gara is very dangerous. He is a sort of murderous, kind of psychopathic um, ninja from... These These are all also like 12 or 13-year-olds, but Gara is particularly <laughs> powerful. We're going to get a glimpse of why and then a full explanation of why next time. Um, yeah. But basically, he's super powerful because he has some horrible power living inside of him. Um, this mirrors actually quite closely to Naruto, who also has a horrible power in- living inside of him. Uh, but Gara also had a terrible childhood, which we'll start to get into today. And that has you know. basically turned him into a crazy killer who likes to murder for the sake of it. And um, he also has never been injured, but Sasuke managed to injure him in their fight, which made him kind of lose it and then go catatonic. So that's where he is at the start of this and is why Tamari is carrying him away. Uh, In addition to the fact that they've mentioned that Gara is crucial to the plan, which is the attack that's going on in the village right now. Um, Sasuke also has kind of a tortured past. He also has a a power, although it does not come from like a dark being living inside of him. Um, Did you call Sasuke's past a kind of dark past? (laughs) It's a little, it's vaguely tragic. (laughs) And uh, we'll get glimpses of that this time too. And he also has the craziest overstatement I've heard in the show so far. (laughs) He also has a uh, a something called the curse mark, which was just given to him by Orochimaru, and which is a little mysterious at this time, uh, but is kind of going to be a little (laughs) analogous to a dark power living inside of him at the end of the day. Um, Then are two subplots that we should cover before we get into that main thing is Kankuro, who is Timari and Gara's partner. He is um, facing off against a guy named Shino. He was trying to stop Sasuke, but Shino showed up and allowed Sasuke to go on, pulling an I am your opponent now moment. And Shino specifically is pissed off because he was supposed to fight Kankuro in the tournament that was interrupted, and Kankuro just forfeited, and Shino wants to fight. And then our last plotline, which is the smallest in these episodes, and which we should cover real briefly, is Orochimaru versus the Hokage Sarutobi. They had a pretty badass epic fight that we covered in our last Naruto episode. And if you want to hear about that, you should go there. Right now, they are locked in the finale of that for a long time, which mm-hmm. is that the Hokage has unlon- un- unleashed this terrible jutsu that will seal the soul of his opponent in exchange for his own soul. And Orochimaru is basically paralyzed by this for the most part while the Hokage is trying to pull out his soul. But Orochimaru was able to skewer the Hokage with a sword at about the same time this whole thing started. So they're kind of stuck in this will they or won't they where... Uh, the Hokage is trying to generate enough strength to pull out Orochimaru's soul once and for all, and Orochimaru is trying to hurt him enough that he will die or at least stop before that happens. And that's that's pretty much it. That's pretty much all you need to know on that plot point. Um, okay. Anything else you want to say on that? <laughs> Not really, other than right, um, I, we've done this a couple of times before, and I'm going to go ahead and just give you all of these. Um, we're covering episodes 74 through 76. The names of these episodes are Astonishing Truth, Gara's Identity Emerges, Sasuke's Decision, Pushed to the Edge, and Assassin of the Moonlit Night. The biggest reason why I wanted to go ahead and give you these and tell you that we're covering these three episodes is that there is one plot which is important, and there are two other plots that are way less important, um, and then one that's kind of interesting, but it's, it's mostly just kind of a cool fight. Um, so the, the first one, first and foremost, the one that I had a bone to pick earlier about is the Hokage and, and, uh, Orochimaru, we cut to them and we just sit there for a minute watching them stare at each other for like five minutes in one of these episodes. Yeah, that is all a- you will see of this. They have a brief thing where the Hokage thinks to himself that he could have handled this 
you know, completely by now if he was a little younger and had more Mm -hmm. stamina. And Orochimaru talks some shit about how he's old and so he might not succeed. And, like, that's it. And it's not really content. It's just... Yeah. I I mean, I guess it's not... It is content, but it doesn't progress the story or the situation in any way. Aside from reestablishing that there's, like, an in-universe reason why the Hokage hasn't finished this. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. Next, we have another plot that is completely unimportant, but we also spend five minutes watching it, which is Mike Guy and Kakashi oh, yeah. fighting against these ninjas that are attacking the village. I we literally didn't have even like take a, notes on that. I'm pretty I sure know. it's absolutely filler. <laughs> it absolutely is. But the only thing that's cool about it is that you get to see the Leaf Whirlwind one time, and you oh, yeah. get to, which is one of the sweet fight kick moves from Mike Guy, and then you get to get, see Kakashi get fake stabbed into a a board that was or a piece of wood that was summoned from the wood realm. Um, yeah. And Kakashi sneaking up and, like, I'm assuming hit him on the they, back of the head in a they knockout. They did that, but then Kakashi's standing there with a kunai, and I'm like, they changed the sound effects to make this less murdery. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the other thing that's nice about it is that Kakashi and Mike Guy have this really cute rivalry with each other. It's kind of like Legolas and Gimli from the Lord of the Rings movies. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of fun and it's played for laughs. And as you may know, Spencer and I tend not to like it when anime tries to play things for laughs. It's not quite as bad as fan service, but it's kind of similar in that I just kind of bow my head and push my way through it. to get to the stuff that I actually care about. And rarely do I find it to be funny. You're going to hear a lot about this when I start blogging about bleach. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's all right, but the their relationship is pretty interesting, actually, and these scenes are perfectly watchable because of it, but they are technically not relevant to the plot in any important way. Yeah. Then the the next fight that I want to go over is this sweet fight between Shino and Konkuro. Um So we will get to good. what's happening. <laughs> we'll get to what's happening between Sasuke and Gara because there's a lot of fucking, like, feelings that are going to come up um but it's good. these are fight... great episodes not as good as yes they week, are but these are still good yeah so the best thing about that fight between shino and Konkuro is that it it's really two movements there the, there's really only two things that are going to happen inside of this fight but it's told in that way that um it's it's brought up in a really really fantastic way from Gigak when he covered like why my hero academia is really good even though the fights aren't super technically intense um they are really good because you have like um good thought behind them and you're watching yeah. the people's wheels turn um so Konkuro is going Naruto, to when it's at its best, it's the exact same thing. Yes. So Konkuro is going to release his puppet, which he fights with, which is basically a mannequin covered in blades. A um, murder mannequin. It, yes, it, it's covered in blades. Also, it can shoot out bombs that have uh, smoke filled with poison, and also each one of the blades that's inside of this thing's body is soaked in poison. Um, it's it's the most murdery of the machines that I've ever seen. Um, but anyways, um, it 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 is going to try to murder Shino. Shino fights with a bunch of bugs that live inside of his body. Um, they it's a thing. Eat, Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. So they eat chakra. Um, and so what he's going to do is start releasing these bugs to try to fight against this puppet. Um, the, the puppet master is going to think that he's going to stab our Konkuro is going to think he's going to stab into Shino. Turns out it is a bug clone. Um, and Shino is going to try to sneak up behind him and swing at him. When he swings at him, he misses by just an inch and then he jumps away from him because, uh, the, the puppet is coming back around. There's so also that's when we get- part of this, like Shino says that his reasoning is that because Konkuro is a puppet user, he is used to fighting f- sort of from a mid-range distance to where the puppet is kind of doing all the fighting from a little bit of a distance from him because the puppet master is using all of his chakra and concentration to control the puppet, so is therefore kind of left vulnerable himself. So if you can get to the actual body of the puppet master... You could probably inflict some damage 
Um, you just have to get past that sort of like sphere of the puppet, which just yeah. reminds me of us playing the Naruto game and how fucking hard it is to play as puppet users because of that exact problem. Yes, absolutely. Well, Anyways, like <laughs> the this is the first uh, m- uh, movement that we're going to see in this fight. The second movement inside of the fight is all a ruse. So the uh, uh, Shino is going to... What was that? It's a trap. Oh, yeah. Um, so Shino is going to... Um, when he let the puppet hit his uh, clone that was made of bugs, he started infesting the puppet with bugs in order to get its joints to not be able to move anymore. And also the bugs try to crawl along the uh, chakra strings that are um, attached to the user himself, which is Conqueror. Conqueror realizes this, ejects the head of the puppet, which also can be controlled, and it, like, sticks out its, like, uh, its... It's like stinger from its mouth that also has poison on it um, to fly at Shino. It hits another bug clone. Um, Shino has hidden underneath a branch um, and is using um, his his like bugs to hold on to the branch. Um, and he's also kind of getting really, really sick from the poison that he inhaled a little bit of uh, when he shot at one of those smoke bombs earlier in the fight. The... Last movement of this fight, though, is where you find out that the initial strike to try to hit Conqueror was just a ruse um, to lay down a female bug on the head, uh, like uh, on the head of Conqueror. This female bug has uh, lured in all of the other bugs from Shino that are male. They can smell the female bug, and they find. Conqueror because of it, even though he's hiding, um, and they the bugs like envelop Conqueror's body, and he like falls out of a tree, and then she looks like he like, dies. He doesn't, yeah. but it sure looks like it. It really does. And Conqueror and uh, Shino is just like I did it, but also I. And then he like falls down, and he's like I can't help you, Sasuke. And then we yeah. cut to our main and- plotline. <laughs> I really like that because Shino outplays and outmaneuvers Conqueror, and that is why he wins. But Conqueror is also a proficient ninja working with dangerous tools. And so Shino, Shino is basically injured and incapacitated from the fight, even though he's the victor. And it's, you know, I mean, if I were in a cynical mood, I would say that it was just for plot reasons that Shino isn't going to be involved in the fight that's coming up. But I think they do a good job of justifying it in universe. Like, it's cool how Shino wins and that he wins and that he outsmarts him. But I also appreciate the fact that he is not just like leagues. He's not streets ahead, Spencer. He's. <laughs> if anything, he's streets behind. Yeah. So I like that. Um, that there's that, like, a little bit of equal equality there because it, it, it's like the last swipe of the fight is that that sort of like denouement of Shino also having been injured in the fight and it just shows that like that fight they were having was for real like there were stakes and anybody could have won it um yeah. all right so the all main right. plot that's yeah. Take this in. is Naruto Sasuke sorry Naruto Sakura and Pakun pursuing Sasuke who is pursuing Gara and Temari and they're going to start with a really quick scene of Naruto and Sas- Sakura being reminded by Pakun that their their mission is to find Sasuke and return to the village without getting into a fight and that's not going to happen there's going to be there's going to be a pretty massive fight here for quite a few episodes and I just I like this reminder here because it's just that last little bit that's like it's going to remind us that the, what's about to happen isn't supposed to but what's about to happen feels kind of inevitable and so i think it adds a good dramatic backbone to this fight of like they are fighting out of necessity and fighting for their lives rather than fighting because it's an anime and they wanted to fight yeah anyways um so this fight is going to um start out with um with the tamari is is going to try she's really going to try to stand up um to to Sasuke and uh, 
instead of actually getting to fight at all, though, um, Gara wakes up and immediately Gara's like, get the fuck off me, Chamari, and like throws her into a tree. <laughs> yeah. Bye. So Gara is freaking out at Sasuke because Sasuke has injured him earlier. So now Gara is on super murder time. And yeah, nobody makes him bleed his own blood. <laughs> so he, yeah, that's exactly Kara in this. So he he goes on this little speech about how he basically ha- has anime style psychosis, where the only thing that allows him to feel alive is destruction and murder, and then he begins to transform. Yeah. He's going to start turning into a weird, uh, it, it looks, it looks from what we've seen so far, it's, it looks like his sand, um, that he's fought with a bunch of times, except for the sand for some reason has like these weird, like, um, outline tinges that look like they're either made of like feathers or spikes and they sort of they sort of start to form into like a weird hand and then a giant weird tail that's sticking out of his back and the other part which is equally crazy but way grosser looking is his face is going to like puff out into like this weird like half demon face with like a weird ear and his eye is going to change colors and when Sasuke sees that he's just like oh shit I've seen this eye when he was yeah. inside of that weird cocoon before this is really, really great design. Gara is already scary, but he's largely scary because he's of his personality. Like, he doesn't look that scary beyond the sort of anime warrior trope of being self-assured. But um, it, his design is cool. It's not scary. Now he looks scary because he his face, his body really is split down the middle. Like, one half of his face is some sort of demonic monster... And he's got a giant monster arm coming off of that side of his body, whereas the rest of his body is fine. But he's kind of losing it, so he's got, like, wide eyes and small pupils, and he's, like, you know, yelling a lot of shit, so his mouth is really wide open. And it's, it's really great, because as the sequence goes on, he'll sort of, he'll, he'll get another transformation. The tale that Spencer mentioned doesn't actually come through until a little bit later, as he mm-hmm. sort of transforms a little further. And as he changes, his face stays split, and his teeth start to get sharper, and because the mouth on the demon side isn't the same as the mouth on the human side there's just saliva dripping down he he's basically like crazy drooling and it, it's it's really freaky and it adds to this sense of of danger about him and i i love this design and this sequence is really cool yeah um so the other thing that's going to be happening and we're going to touch on this uh roughly a million times um inside of the next couple of episodes is gar's backstory so um, I'm going to take a moment here to just kind of have a conversation about what happened to young Gara, um, and uh, let's let's just uh, kind of give you a feeling of why this guy is so batshit crazy. So first and foremost, Gara was born into uh, the the village hidden in the sand. Um, he is the son. He's the son of the Hokage, right? I believe the Kazekage. The Kazekage, yeah. So he's the son of the Kazekage, right? And um, the Kazekage has, uh, it, it seems like there is something more sinister that happens when the Kazekage has uh, children. Um, and we're going to learn so, what that is in our next Naruto coverage. Correct. Um, it's very so we're not going to really monster shit. <laughs> yeah, so we're not going to really find out exactly what is in these episodes, but it, it, it suffice to say, um, Gara is taking the bl- the brunt of how terrible it is to be the child of the Kazikage. Number one, you are the face of this village. Um, number two, you are feared for some reason, and he has no idea why, except for that when he was a kid, he tries to, like, anytime he gets hurt, he gets protected by, he thinks, like, this, um, this like, you know, spirit that's made of sand that protects yeah. him. Specifically, he's actually never been hurt. You see him at yes. one point trying to stab his hand, and 
the sand protects him. Like he cannot be injured, which is one main reason why it was so major that Sasuke caused him not only to be injured, but to bleed in the last, in their last altercation. Cause that's mm-hmm. never happened before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, he is going to, um, uh, do, 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 do. Uh, great. He is, uh, sorry. Storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> My brain, like, had a like a fart for a second there. <laughs> Anyways, so um so Gara we're going to see him try to like go up and play with other kids. Other kids are going to be like, "Oh, um, you know, they're going to see him and not be immediately frightened by him." Um but there's this one sequence where like these kids kick the ball and it goes on top of a roof and then you see Gara like bring down the ball with his sand. And then the kids are like, oh, shit, this weird this weird kid. I know this weird kid. So they try to run away from Gara, and Gara is just like, no, come play with me. And his sand reaches out almost as if, like, a, a, an extension of his arm to, like, grab the kids. And they're like, let go of me. Get away, you freak. And he's just yeah, like, pulls them across me. the ground like in a horror movie. He, like, movie. fucking breaks their legs too yeah because he's just like you can't get away from me and you're just yeah, like he's oh not, shit he's not sinister he's, yeah in this moment he's like got to be like six or eight years old like he's very young and he's just lonely but he has this thing inside of him and it sort of does his bidding and maybe does his bidding a little too much or maybe sort of subconsciously is influencing his actions Meanwhile, he is living a life of complete isolation. And so this is a this this cocktail is not good and it is it causes him to injure these kids. And then he actually is about to kill one of the kids. And I, I think it's just this like this moment where he's so upset that they're trying to abandon him that he, you know, he's reached out and he started to drag them back. And it's just one of those things where you, where he kind of has snapped a little bit and like, he's going to do something before he realizes what he's doing. And then he'll sort of snap back to it. And Mm -hmm. that's about basically what happens where this like horrible, like killing sand rushes up. And then this ninja that we haven't seen before jumps in the way and is injured because of it. It basically cuts his arms up pretty badly but since he's an adult, he's mostly fine, and um, his appearance causes Gar to snap back out of it and to stop what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that we've all learned so far, and we're like, okay, so he's got a fucked up past. He has this thing inside of him, um, and then we start getting introduced by this other character that we had never met before. I can't. I can't find this childhood caretaker it, it's in the last episode um, it's yashimaru uh, yeah so yashimaru it, is taking care of gara and he's the guy that got injured to protect the kid yeah so the so thing gara you're gonna find has, out about this <laughs> gara has this truly heartrending conversation with yashimaru yes yashimaru <laughs> was just injured injured by gara and is patching himself up and Gara is seen trying to stab himself and being like, what does it feel like to be hurt? I don't get it because it's never happened to me. And it's weird to think about it, but it's like, okay, this is a young kid who already feels isolated and who has seen people be injured and who has just caused injury to someone else, but can't even cause it to himself. Mm-hmm. And like, as much as it's strange to think of somebody sort of wishing that they could be injured, it makes sense in Gara's situation because it would be another way that he's no longer isolated or different from other people, but he can't do it. And so Yashimaru gives him this thing about what it's like to be hurt. And then Gara, like, honestly, it's so sad. He's like, I think I'm injured. Um, because, um, I hurt always, but inside, and it's yeah. so tragic. And then Yashimaru, like, it's supposed to be sweet, but, like, if you know what happens, it's really fucked up. Yeah. So, Yashimaru's like, oh, you know, he, like, he demonstrates by cutting his finger that physical wounds will heal over time. And he's like, but but wounds of the heart are much harder to heal. But it's okay yep. because there's... <laughs> There is a, yeah, this guy's fucked up. So he's like, it's okay because there's a cure to it. And that is love. 
And yep. Gara is like, oh, well, how do I do that? And he's like, you already have the cure because of your mother. She loved you so much. And that was proved by her. I I think she died in childbirth or something. And there's just like a picture of her that they're looking at. And he's like, she loved you. And that's your cure, which yep. is a really sweet sentiment. But again, something's about to happen that's going to really twist this. And yeah, it's so turn this caretaker. <laughs> yeah, it's going to turn this statement from a really sweet sentiment into a fucking knife stab that he's going to twist. Yep. So this caretaker, Gara, is out in the streets, as you like to do as a child. Um, and he, um, yeah. he gets Just attacked wandering by... the streets willy and nilly. Yeah. He, he gets attacked by a shrouded ninja in the middle of their village. He Gara ends up protecting himself and like murdering this this ninja that's trying yeah, to attack him largely he, on instinct. Yeah, and oh, when and Gara, he finds Gara's out, crying at this time because he tried to take a present to the girl he injured, and she just shut him down. So oh, yeah, he's in a very emotionally too. fragile state already, and then someone tries to assassinate him. Yes, and so this person that's trying to assassinate him, you're like, oh no, it's a, it's a, it's another village ninja from a different village, and then you find out, no, it's this fucking caretaker who just said yeah. these nice words to him, and he's just like, everyone wants me dead, even though the pe- even the people that say they love me want me dead. Yeah, and it's it makes sense with Yashimaru because Yashimaru is Gara's uncle. He was. His sister died giving birth to Gara, and now Gara is this monster that he has to look over, and he, I guess, like has some resentment toward Gara, and is like, you should have died or never been born, and she would still be here, or whatever. He doesn't really go into it, but they hint at it. But it's just mm. so fucked up for him to set this thing earlier. Like, they indicate in that scene that Yashimaru doesn't feel this way about Gara and has animosity to him that he's hiding. And yet he still says this thing to him. And it's like, this is just emotional warfare. And it's horrifying. And now Gara is a psychopathic murder kid with the word love tattooed on his face. Yep. (laughs) So good job, Yashimaru. You're like, why is Gara so crazy? Well, you might be crazy too if the shit had happened to you. (laughs) Yeah. If your caretaker told you that you were protected from your loneliness by love and then immediately tried to assassinate you. Not great. <laughs> Anyways. Um, we're going to learn that... even more about Gar's backstory, but that's like the main, that's like the main thing about like why he's so fucked up. Basically we're going to learn next time we cover Naruto about what is inside of him. And that does play yes. into this story, but this story is really why is Gara so disturbed mentally and emotionally and why is he so murderous and detached and this is why yeah so um then the other plot line that we have not uh been covering for a minute just because we've been talking about this backstory um is the rest of this episode this uh fight that's happening between um uh sasuke and gara um it the episodes that we're going to be covering are almost exclusively fights between Sasuke and Gara, um, and, uh, what is happening inside of it. So, um, first thing that we found out is that Sa- from the, the, the previous fights, we found out that Sasuke has a new ability called Chidori that he had learned from, um, uh, Kakashi. Um, he is going to, uh, be using this to try to fight against Gara, and this is the reason that he was able to puncture Gara and hurt him in the first place, right? Yeah, so. and it, exactly, and he's going to try a couple of other techniques, and they're going to prove ineffective while Chidori is effective. So he's yes. basically forced into using this powerful but draining new technique. Yeah, so um, Gara is is going to be fighting with this like weird monster part of himself that he is that's coming out. Um, he is going to be, uh, you, you see, first and foremost, Sasuke throws some uh, kunai knives at him. He catches them with his arm and then absorbs the um, the kunai and then shoots them back out with such speed that they appear to burst into flames, which I'm yeah. like, I don't know if that's an ability that is like, I don't know where that came from, but yeah, apparently his sand is never shown to be able to heat things up. So I'm assuming it's a velocity thing. It's pretty cool, 
And then the resolution to it is kind of milk toast, where it's like Sasuke just kind of spins in midair, and it looks like maybe they hit him or something, but he's basically fine. It was kind of a disappointment, but the attack was cool nonetheless. Yeah. So um, then uh, Sasuke is going to try to... Uh, he's trying to get closer to Gara because he's realizing that this power that's coming out of Gara is so insanely strong that there's no way that if he takes a direct hit from him, he's not going to be severely, severely injured. So yeah, he's just trying to where, dodge it as much as he can. This is where it's important that Sasuke is from the Uchiha clan. This is what we mentioned earlier when we said that Sasuke has sort of a sad backstory, just like kind of a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's because his entire family was murdered by his older brother, and he's the only one left. Yeah. And so like a little sad, you know, and um, his family uh, was also the source of this ability called the Sharingan, which is a technique that changes your eyes into being able to read your opponent's movements and sometimes copy their abilities. And it's because of this that Sasuke is able to survive in this fight. He says uh, basically that without these eyes, he wouldn't be, have the reaction time that was fast enough to avoid Gara's attacks. And if he can't avoid them, or at least roll with them, he would easily be killed. Yeah, so if uh, because he's able to do this, though, he's able to dodge them. Um, he tries to get a Chidori off on Gara. He's not able to get a direct hit on him, um, and uh, Gara kind of gets away for a minute. Um, and then uh, Sasuke is also going to try to shoot fireballs at him. Um, Gara's going to show that this ability also lets him envelop himself inside of the super strong, um, like weird living sand. Um, yeah, we saw he, a little bit of that in their previous fight. Um, so he's going to use it a little more freely here. Yeah. And um, then the other part of uh, this fight that we're going to see is that when um, he he kind of gives himself a little bit of an opening um, to really openly attack Gara, And he thinks to himself, like, okay, this is going to be the time to use it. And then as soon as he starts to try to exert his tracker even more he is going to fall victim to this curse mark that is on his body. Yeah, he's. They, we're going to get a flashback of when Kakashi was teaching Sasuke, and basically they're going to say, like, it's kind of like Yusuke from Yu Yu Hakusho with his spirit, uh, spirit gun, where it's like, you only have a couple of shots in you, so you have to use them sparingly. And yeah. then you, you know, they... They usually, in Yu Yu Hakusho or in this section of Naruto, talk about it from a day standpoint. So it's like, you know, once you have a substantial rest, you're probably good to go again. But the amount of energy that it takes to generate this attack is so much that Sasuke can only do two of them in a day. And he's going to do a third one here, and that's when the curse mark activates. And what's cool about the, the flashback is that Kakashi warns him against going past his limit because it can be dangerous. And he tells Sasuke that it can be dangerous in a couple of generic ways that we've seen danger be discussed for overtaxing yourself in the Naruto universe, which is you can deplete your chakra, it's going to cause the ability not to work or uh, to backfire, and you're going to use up your chakra, which is basically your life energy, which can cause lasting effects, it can injure you, it can even kill you in the worst case scenario. But Mm -hmm. Kakashi is also going to kind of subtly mention, like, this is especially dangerous for you. And this is great, actually pretty subtle character moment, because Kakashi is aware, at least in a sort of peripheral sense, of this curse mark. He knows that it's happened. He has participated in trying to seal it so that it can't affect Sasuke, and he knows that it comes from Orochimaru. I'm not sure how clear he is on what else it can do or how clear really anyone is. And I know we as an audience are definitely not at this point in the story, but we know that it's activated on Sasuke before and it has caused him to act in a particularly murderous and particularly powerful way. And Kakashi, I think in this moment is cautioning him without saying it, but basically being like, if he goes for another shot, it might break the, my seal on this curse mark of his and then who knows what what will become of sasuke and then that's exactly what sasuke does he feels forced into using it a third time it's he starts to use it it starts to not work and then we see that it does work and it's because the curse mark is activated yep 
Um, the next things that are going to be happening is that the, the curse mark is going to sort of, um, fall away, uh, uh, a little bit because he is, he is too wrapped up to use it anymore. He's basically out of chakra. And, uh, that is going to be when Naruto and Sakura are going to arrive. Um, it's Sakura a is great gonna... moment because Sakura... Sasuke is, <laughs> Sasuke is basically incapacitated by the curse mark because it's very painful. Mm-hmm. And... Gara leaps at him and is about to hit him, and then Naruto shows up and just fucking kicks him in the face to knock him away, and it's so cool. Yeah. Then um then Sakura is gonna try to help. Um and as we've she's learned from previous from previous episodes, uh she's she's not great at helping you guys. She no. really she really wants to, but instead she just immediately gets knocked and pinned up against the wall by one of these weird hand things, which we have, we are now going to learn have the ability to detach from his arm and stick to whatever, whatever thing they are going towards, um, which makes them even more like, um, you know, like they're weird pieces of sand that can break apart, but it is still collapsing in on itself at the same time. So it's slowly getting tighter and tighter and starting to uh, really, really hurt Sakura. Um, really, the only... We're going to be shown that, yes, we don't want Sakura to die, but this this is really done to give Naruto, who is obsessed with Sakura still... Um, a greater impetus to fight and to go completely all out because otherwise his uh, rival who he's sort of friends with and this girl that he is obsessed with, they're both going to die if he doesn't do something. And that's what's going to eventually push him over the edge. But we'll see that in next episodes. Yeah. The other point is that their mission is to get Sasuke and get away without fighting. But now Sakura has been captured. So there's no, there's no choice. They have to fight. Mm-hmm. if they don't want to abandon Sakura. And in the Naruto world, there is an open question on whether or not you abandon people based on the needs of the mission. But that is never a question for Naruto. He will not abandon people. It is like one of his core character traits. And so this this causes him to face off against Gara. And Gara specifically is like, what do these people mean to you? And he's kind of taunting Naruto. And Naruto is like, they're my friends, and if you lay a hand on them, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. And then Gara starts to, like, tighten his grip on Sakura, and so Naruto rushes at him, and then the episode is over. And yep. it's also the last episode we're covering this week, so you guys have to wait and find out what happens with Naruto and Gara until our next time we get back to Naruto. Yeah. Um, if you if you don't watch other animes, um, Naruto is fiercely loyal um, the only person I've really experienced, you know, somebody having that much loyalty inside of the anime universe other than Naruto is like, fuck with Luffy's friends one time and see what the fuck happens. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah like, you know, Ichigo is the same, but he expresses it in really different ways. This is actually a very core characteristic of a lot of anime protagonists, but Naruto and Luffy in particular exhibit it in very blunt and very vocalized ways that a lot of other characters don't. Yeah, so I I really want to talk about more One Piece, but we're at the end of the episode. Um, yeah. So if you want to continue that conversation, uh, please, please write us. I would love to yeah, talk, talk more to about, about One Piece. Piece. <laughs> um, One Piece is at a really amazing time inside of the uh, the manga, number one, because there's really crazy, crazy, crazy shit happening inside of the manga. And uh, at the same time, they are getting into it inside of the anime as well, going over this fight against Big Mom, and she is a fantastic character. I have heard character. so much about her and how great she is, and I am just not going to even be close to that part in the story for like years, probably. I'm so yeah. disappointed. But anyways, uh, stick with us after these messages, and we will be talking about what's happening next time. After on these Blake's messages. <laughs> We're supported by viewers like you. (laughs) (laughs) Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English of Plain English Productions. He's our level five sound wizard. Our podcast is ad free and we want to keep it that way. 
If you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon members get exclusive member content and unlock group perks. Follow us on Twitter at BNS Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Get Jumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help us chart on iTunes. And remember, new episodes come out every Sunday on your favorite podcast platform. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jump, we're back with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Kakuin's a traitor, maybe? Don't make accusations! Don't tell me what to do! <laughs>